All right, welcome to an episode of Who's Got Next, brought to you by Maze and Blue Review. We cover Michigan athletics for the Rivals Network over at michigan.rivals.com. Today is obviously a big day, early signing day, which has basically just become signing day at this point, right? There's a, a couple folks that will linger into February, but we're seeing a lot of signatures already early this morning. So we're going to take a moment here to kind of go through the signatures that have come in, talk about this class. We're not expecting a lot of fireworks today. Do think Michigan is in the driver's seat for a new commit? And then obviously the big flip candidate, Gatlin Bear, will be uh, signing in February. So we're not expecting anything from him today. But I am joined by a special guest, our re-recruiting reporter over at Maze and Blue Review, uh, on the beat for multiple teams. Not a lot of guys shoulders deep into recruiting as much as Seth Barry right now. So Seth, thanks for joining us, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be on. I was uh, kind of, uh, you know, looking this morning and it, it's been a while since I've been on a podcast with you guys and I kind of had to, you know, dust the mic off and kind of find <laughs> some of the recording equipment that was that was laying around my apartment. So, uh, but, you know, we're here and yeah, I'm excited to, to be on and, and talk about some of these guys in Michigan's uh, 24 class here. We've uh, kept you locked up and writing right not as yeah. bad as brock i don't know if you saw our podcast where brock had to do an episode from a closet <laughs> yes i i saw part of the episode where there, there's always something new with brock really i mean whether he doesn't know what you know what uh tommy boy is or you know he's uh oh, yeah we, we had some good conversations covering the 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 michigan games uh you know when we covered him about about your guys podcasts and you know the hard time you guys like to give him so that's uh, i always enjoy that yeah, but you you and him both work really hard. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. It's just fun to joke around. So obviously, like I said, not a lot of fireworks. This class has largely been known since summer. There was just an insane amount of, of commitments early this year. So um, the, the names are starting to come in. We'll get to those in a second. But if you can kind of just give me, um, you know, your, your overall helicopter view of this class, how it's come together and what has frankly been a, a pretty boring end at the finish line here. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, when I was coming in to, to work with you guys last year, it was kind of a different um, vibe, just kind of with how the class went, you know, you had Cam Calhoun sign late. I mean, J Jair Hill, uh, you know, on signing day. So, you know, you might have one of those today with Michigan as well, but um yeah, I mean, it was it was much different in, in terms of how the structure of the class was put together and the timing of everything. And and under Jim Harbaugh, it, it's been um, a lot of these times where you know it's kind of a slow start and and they finish you know they finish well. And and this time it was you know the summer you know June there were uh, quite a few commits and then you know from there everything kind of tapered off and the class has been set um, for the most part um, you know for for quite a while, but. Yeah, I think, you know, people have, you know, there's a lot of excitement about this class early on, especially with the commits that were rolling in. Some of the guys that were, that were, uh, you know, obtained by Michigan, you know, Jordan Marshall, you know, at running back, Mr. Ohio, that's Absolutely. a big one uh, for the Wolverines. Um, I, I think overall, you know, people have, I think maybe, maybe been not, not frustrated, but, um, you know, it's just the momentum kind of tapered off. I think that the feeling was, um, but I think overall, you look at this class and you 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 pinpoint the areas of of where it's strong, you know, position wise, 
And I think, you know, as long as Jim Harbaugh is at Michigan or, you know, even in a future world where Sharon Moore took over at Michigan, um, they're going to predicate themselves along the offensive line, right? They're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to uh, be physical at the line of scrimmage, run between the tackles and uh, control the ball. And when you talk about wanting to do that and what you want your program to do um, now and into the future, this offensive line group is is really, really good. Um, in my opinion. So, you know, you talked about guys like Luke Hamilton and um, Andrew Sprague, who's kind of shot at the boards uh, his senior season. So, yeah. So I, th I think when you look at the the overall scope of the class, I think you got to really um, look at that offensive line group and say, hey, this is this is legitimate. And uh, this is how you want to build your program. You, you took my thoughts right right out of my head, man. I, I agree with you completely because I, I know people are looking at the ranking and probably thinking what in the world three-time big 10 champions college football playoff birth etc we should have a top five class right and mm. when you look at it though i think michigan really didn't want to waste a lot of time this year and, and just went and got their guys and we've seen what's happened now with high school recruiting and guys coming in and then jumping to the portal right away right michigan's michigan's building in the recruiting class, adding some guys in the portal, right? But like you said, when you look at how Michigan has won games the last three years, you talk about the offensive line. They literally have future left tackle, left guard, center, <laughs> right guard, right tackle. Like, you know the five guys. I wouldn't be shocked if junior year all five of those dudes are starting. Uh, you brought up Andrew Sprague. I think he's Michigan's best left tackle prospect in a really long time. Again, Offensive line, running the ball. You bring up Jordan Marshall, Micah Kaapana, an interesting prospect out of powerhouse Bishop Gorman, right? Jaden Davis is a guy as a quarterback who just wins and shows leadership abilities. You see his fit there on defense, versatile defenders that can play multiple spots, right? This, this class is just a mirror of what Michigan has been doing for the last three years. So I'm with you on that. Um, answer a couple questions real quick, and then I'm going to ask you about the one new commit we are expecting today, which Shadyville said, any surprise commits or flips we can look forward to today? I said, right now it feels like just the one. Um, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, Shadyville also asked about some Harbaugh rumors that started yesterday about the contract potentially being done. Um, if you head over to michigan.rivals.com and get in the den, Josh has an update on what occurred yesterday and, and what is coming out of those rumors. Uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Regents having a meeting yesterday. Uh, so you can head over there and check that out. So let's talk about the one possible new commit that could come in today. We practiced this before we came on and I'm probably still going to mess it up, but uh, edge defender from Maryland. So if he does join the class, that'll be three Maryland edge defenders. That's really become a pipeline for Michigan in recent years, obviously with Biff Pogge coaching over at St. Francis, but Lugard, Edakpe. Hey, that wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Lugard Edakpe. So he's come on really late in this cycle. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, Florida State offered late. He ended up canceling that visit. Um, I, I wasn't familiar with him because he came on late. And then I put on his tape and the guy is long, man. Crazy long, athletic. I mean, you, you don't have to try real hard to imagine what, you know, Ben Herbert having a year or two with that guy is going to do for him in the system. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, this is a guy that, that obviously Michigan found late. And, and when you talk about, you know, him kind of being an edge rusher, um, that was, that's a spot that, um, 
you know, Michigan's lost a couple guys there. You know, you talk about Elias Rudolph that that flipped to uh, Miami that was kind of, you know, really long, you know, kind of similar type of prospect. Um, you know, then you talk about the the Smith twins that that went over to Kentucky. So overall kind of at the position, it, it got kind of thin um, when it was, you know, it was, a, it was a deep class, you know, somewhat to begin with. We were talking was, about whether they were going to take like seven guys. Right. Yeah. At the yeah. end spot at one point. And then. <laughs> They yep. lost some recruiting battles too, as well. And then, like you said, um, obviously the flip of Rudolph, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that was, I think that was an area that Michigan was, was looking for, you know, Hey, if they can get another guy here, then then let's do it. And, uh, and, and this happened to be, to be the case. I think, uh, you know, obviously Maryland um, is in the mix with, you know, he, he recently took a visit there, you know, obviously being from Maryland. Um, but yeah, I was the same way. Like I put on his film, and just he's he's raw you know he he recently transitioned you know kind of made the the basketball the football transition and he has you know developing to do in that area um but you know very athletic you know and, and even like he needs he needs that one signature go-to pass rush move that i'm sure he'll get when he develops and he gets to michigan um but even when you know, he engages with his man and, and coming off the edge, even when he doesn't beat his guy, you know, it could be a, a quick offensive tackle or something, you know, he, he puts his arms up and he knocks down passes, you know, uh, he doesn't even necessarily have to get to the quarterback to be effective. Um, and just that length in his frame and uh, his athletic potential, uh, you know, coming off the edge and, and uh, doing some things that, that I think could, could be really um, beneficial to Michigan's defense. I, I think he has a lot of upside, and uh, his potential is is uh, you know really great. He has a high ceiling, I believe. Yeah, you're you're spot on. Obviously, <laughs> you know what you're doing. You do this for your living, so <laughs> um, I, I'm with you. He is raw, but like you said, you know Michigan's pass rush, especially the last couple of years, you know post Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, hasn't been as much about sacks as it has been just disrupting the QB, right? Generating mm -hmm. pressure, like you brought up, batted balls. Um, just, just being annoying. Right. And then also being able to impact the run game. So he, he seems like such an obvious fit to me. Um, I'm not sure. Do we have a, I don't think we have the time for him. Do we? I don't, I don't think he, he announced a time. He, he yeah. said, you know, he said he kind of, he shut down his recruitment that it's, that yep. it's over and he, he has his decision locked in. It's just a matter of, uh, when that's going to happen. So, okay. yeah. So we are expecting that to be good news for Michigan. Obviously, as soon as we see it, uh, we'll have coverage over at michigan.rivals.com. Um, I know, Seth, you already have a couple articles ready to go. So <laughs> we'll post those as soon as the time comes in. Now, we have had one flip already. Uh, a gentleman, we felt pretty good about Michigan getting early on in the process. And then it felt like he was going to stay home Pennsylvania, Penn state, and then he ends up at USC. And then now he has flipped to Michigan. That's David Pally Pally. Um, he, he's their, their nose of the future, right? That was kind of in my mind that there are some defensive linemen, some D tackles in this class some guys that might be called edges that I think are going to end up defensive tackles. But this was kind of the one gap in the class for me. And I didn't know where it was going to come from. So getting a guy they were interested in early to flip over kind of a big ad here for Michigan. Yeah, yeah. The fact that Pally Pally was was able to 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 make that flip and come to Michigan was was really big for the class. Like I said, yeah, his, his recruitment was was a little interesting where it looked like, you know, it looked like Michigan, then it was Penn State, then you know, USC came into the picture, committed to there, and then you know it's back to Michigan. So um, but it's a guy we we felt good about, 
you know, early on and then now Josh did for a while too. And, you know, he made a, a future cast at one point. And yeah, so that, that was, it was big for Michigan to be able to snag him. He kind of talked about, you know, Michigan always felt like, felt like home and um, you know, that, that just the fact that he, he, uh, he was committed elsewhere, but really the Wolverines were in his heart the whole time. But um, yeah, that, that, that's a big pickup as far as the position for the class, because, you know, like you said, there, there's a couple edge guys that could, they could end up coming inside and, you know, putting on weight and things like that, that could, that could help um, in that area. And when you talk about the interior defensive line, but um, this is a guy that, that is a true, uh, you know, D tackle and, and be able to take up a lot of space and uh, help with the run game and, and things like that. So Good, good pick up there for for the Wolverines. And just so we're clear, now we're talking about guys whose signatures are in. So David Palapalli is officially signed, Michigan Wolverine, another gentleman who has already signed this morning as well. One of the big early wins in this class for Michigan, and that's Jeremiah Beasley, right? So we always talk about, you know, the, the best players in Michigan go to Michigan, that, that whole narrative. Um, but th- this was a big one. When you talk about Michigan's relationship with Belleville and, and, and Jeremiah Beasley was a strong Michigan State lean for a long time, right? And then his half-brother, <laughs> Malik Carr, playing there, who's now in the transfer portal, obviously. But for Michigan, and again, this was before everything blew up with Mel Tucker, right? At this point, it felt like Mel Tucker was going to be at MSU for a while, right? Um at the time, I, I thought this was a, a pretty big win in terms of the trajectory of that rivalry. Obviously, it's kind of been reset now with Jonathan Smith coming into Michigan State, but still, Beasley. Also, they had to kind of re-recruit him away with with the loss of Chris Partridge, too. Right? We we still don't know who the linebacker coach will be moving forward. But Jeremiah Beasley is signed, is a part of the Michigan class, and kind of a unique linebacker to be coming in as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was big, you know, after Partridge was dismissed from the program, they, they kept all those linebacker recruits. So that was, that was big on Michigan's part to, uh, to be able to do that. But yeah, Beasley's one of the the guys I was able to see in person, um, you know, for one of their playoff games, he ended up playing actually only a half and then he, he coached a lot of the second half on the headset. And, you know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's got a football mind and he, he loves the game and, uh, and, and, you know, when I watched it was, you know, they didn't run toward him a lot, but, I mean, running back, man, like he, he could play running back at the college level. And, and he talked about that, um, you know, early on in his recruitment and, and saying, you know, he, he wants to commit to a program that that he could potentially, you know, play on the offensive side of the ball. He backed off of that later on when I asked him and said, well, you know, if Michigan ever needs me to do that, I'm, I'm open to it. But, you know, I am a true linebacker and that is my position. And um, but man, I was blown away watching him at running back, you know, bigger guy. Um, yeah i think he could play that position honestly but you know as a linebacker you know you know really hard hitter downhill player um sideline to sideline speed like i like a lot of elements of his game at linebacker on the defensive side of the ball so uh yeah no doubt this is a big win for michigan like say you know malik Carr was at michigan state It, it took a while to kind of I think gradually Michigan was able to sway him and, uh, you know, realize, make him realize that, you know, the Wolverines were, were the program for him. And uh, yeah, yeah, really, really big pickup. And um, that was, you know, that, that was a nice win for, for Michigan for sure. And then obviously people are asking about Beasley's high school teammate, Bryce Underwood, <laughs> 2025 quarterback. Um, not going to get into that too much, you know, trying, <laughs> trying to get through the 24 coverage, but obviously, 
the last you know few weeks or a couple of months, things have really started to trend heavily towards LSU. He he took a surprise visit to Alabama. Um, we have not said Michigan's out of it, haven't put any projections in there, but I'd imagine if you were to guess today where Underwood ends up, you're, you're probably picking the Bayou. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to honestly, like Bryce Underwood is so tight to the best and, you know, yeah. you, you, you talk to him and go to his games and he is a, uh, you know, he, he's a true pro at, at what he does in terms of keeping his, uh, you know, at, at his ducks in a row and, and things like that. And, you know, Jeremiah, doesn't you know obviously doesn't give away any information about him i'd never ask him to do that anyway but uh you know they're, they're both fun they're both cool but uh yeah underwood he's he's trended toward lsu and i think think that's the direction it's going um i don't you know obviously not a lot i don't think at this point but yeah i think it's kind of trending in that direction gradually for a little bit yeah and he will announce on january 6th so a couple weeks there uh some folks acted with beasley haskins mullings 3.0 kind of thing i i think of Kalik hudson as well just a guy that their running back tape really stuck out to me right so speedy mm-hmm. athletic but physical linebacker um i i think he's gonna be phenomenal coming in um the other guy i wanted to get to who this has been a really tight-knit group right like i i think about I think it was 2016 that the, the group was really tight net and constantly communicating with each other on social media and, you know, active recruiters, if you will, as well. And this year, very tight knit group, right? We saw these guys constantly communicating with each other and, and recruiting. And the, the leader of that, if you will, in, in my opinion, I'm assuming you're going to agree, is Jacob Odin, who is signed and coming in another, excuse me, another Michigan prospect who for a while felt like might be a Michigan state lean and, you know, obviously Michigan adds him and he's just been all blue from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. Odin is one of those guys, you know, you could, you could talk about Luke Hamilton as well. Um, you know, that have really kind of galvanized the class and, and tried to make it, make it better in terms of, you know, their efforts in recruiting other guys to try to join them, you know, in the class. And, uh, you know, I think it's, he's been really good in that regard. I know he was really on, Boo Carter at one point, um, you know, before he he went over to Tennessee there and, and committed to the volunteers. But uh, yeah, just just a lot of guys that Jacob Odin has. He's been all in on the class. Uh, you know, I've talked to him several times, um, you know, as a player. I mean, he talked about um, he was one, one thing he really improved upon was and, and he saw it, you know, even if you watched a couple minutes of his highlight tapes, you know, in the, the state championship game, I think he forced a fumble at the goal line. Just, you know, perfect hit shoulder on the ball, you know had them advance in the, in the MHSAA um, playoffs and they end up winning a state championship um, there. Uh, you know, he, he kind of reminds me of like his athletic upside is much better. Um, but in terms of like, you know, you remember Brad Hawkins at Michigan who was always just like right place, right time. I mean, he was solid. He, you know, he always knew where he's supposed to be um, you know, just in terms of the way he played that safety position. I see a lot of similar traits in Odin, except more athletic potential, right? More um, NFL, you know, type of potential with, with Jacob Odin. But, you know, uh, coached by his dad, you know, Harper Woods, Rod, um, you know, football mind, just just very smart, disciplined player um, that's going to bring a lot to, to Michigan's defense when he steps on campus. Yeah, and, and when you talk about just, again, I was saying those versatile defenders in the secondary, he, he is such a perfect fit. Um, a, another player kind of similar, I'm, I'm interested in your 
assessment of when, when he committed kind of came out of nowhere and then people were looking into him and he's obviously, well, I can't get him to pull up now. Hold on one second. Fun. Oh, cause I've been, <laughs> you know what I did? There were so many Smiths in this class at one point. Yes. Yeah. So I just looked for, cause we did Jacob Odin. I looked for Jacob Smith. I'm talking about Jaden Smith. Yes. Who, who's listed as an athlete. Um, I could see him at like three or four different spots in this defense. It's obviously mm-hmm. going to kind of depend how he develops and, and you know what happens when he gets on campus. But t- tell me a little bit about Jaden Smith, not not Jacob. Yeah. Obviously, he's at Kentucky now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jaden, do you have his measurables up? I'm yeah, like, I'm work. I'm working on it. Yeah, he is six three one ninety. Yeah, one ninety. Yeah, they're he's, calling him a linebacker now. He was a safety at one point. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, he, he's so thin. Yeah, he's he's very he's a thin build. You know, thin, tall, athletic type of guy. It, yeah, it is interesting to where you know talk about where he he fits on this Michigan defense. You know, is he an edge rusher? Can he is is he going to play? You know, back in the secondary? Is he kind of a you know he's he's a hybrid type of guy that uh. I don't know if if uh, you know the Michigan defensive coaching staff has a a direct plan on on what they want to do with him first, um, but you know that that'll be what you know spring practices and you know when he he gets on campus and and starts practicing and and what that'll be for. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very intrigued by him because I, I'm kind of with you. I don't I don't really know where where um, he'll best fit. I mean, you know, with with Ben Herbert, you know, I. I I'm sure he'll put weight on, you know, that, that'd be the first thing he'll have to put some, some weight on no matter, no matter what position he, he plays really. But uh, yeah, I really like him, you know, long, another athletic type of guy, um, good, you know, great speed off the edge uh, be, being able to get to the quarterback, get into the opposing team's backfields. Um, so yeah. And does, does has the versatility too to be able to, to drop in coverage, right. Cause you see, Michigan like to do that a lot, you know, with, with Jalen Harrell, you know, he can get to the pass rusher, but he can also drop into coverage and take away passing lanes and, um, you know, take away the screen game. So is that, is that the type of guy that Jaden Smith will be, um, you know, we'll see, but a lot of options, right. That, that's kind of the story of this class with the, with the defense. And you, you hit on it earlier, a lot of versatility, a lot of guys who can play multiple spots and, you know, maybe they, they start at one spot and then end up, you know, two or three years down the road at Michigan in another position. So he, he's an intriguing one for sure. Intriguing is the right word, right? We've, we've seen guys like this where we're like, ah, we're not really sure where they fit. And then even coming in as freshmen, they've added 40 pounds and we're like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian Ishmael comes to mind, who is a guy we're like, oh, linebacker, you know, we'll see it just, oh, he's an edge rusher. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, Jaden's a guy where, if he adds enough weight, you could see him as a, as a true edge, or he could kind of have his own Jack role. Like you said, as a pass rushing linebacker, right. I, I do think the pass rushing part of it, I'm with you is, is a big strength of his and where they'd like to see him. But if that's as a safety that they can blitz or, or whatever, I, I'm for that too. But like you said, that that's the point is they're getting these football players who, and you brought up, um, Sorry, I'm already losing track. Who with, with the basketball player background? Were we talking about that with Lugard? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. We yep. see that a lot. These two sport athletes, they play both ways. They play multiple sports. They're in track, things like that. Yep. Michigan's just looking for athletes, and they feel like, hey, once we get you on and we start working with you and develop, we'll, we'll find a spot for you to contribute. And that, that's just kind of been their, their MO here. Um, yep. Trying to go through any other new signatures here. We, um, we've got manual bagel. 
<laughs> uh, defensive line commit. He was one of the early signees. Uh, we talked about Jacob Odin. Let's get to that. This is a big one, I think, because it's been a topic of conversation with, with Michigan's style of play and maybe how it's impacting recruiter recruiting, excuse me. And, and that's at wide receiver. Um, Marion Stewart is a guy that Michigan felt really, really good about. And then there was kind of this moment of, Oh, we're going to lose them to Wisconsin. Right. And then even late here, I had people ask me questions about being sure he was going to commit or not. He has committed. Right. So Marion Stewart is in the class. Tell me about him as a wide receiver, um, also a returner. I, I think he's really, really underrated there. But, uh, I mean, he, he's kind of the prototype wide receiver for this Michigan offense that we've seen the last few years. Yeah, yeah, I think Stewart is the type of type of receiver that they've really tried to to hit on in, you know, in, in this class and then past classes too. Just, you know, that, that inside, you know, quick twitch type of guy that can get off the, you know, the ball really quickly and uh, beat guys, you know, doesn't necessarily have to stretch him, you know, 40, 50 yards down the field, but he is really good at getting open, right, and, and good route running ability. And like I said, that that quick twitch athleticism that, uh, that um, you know, Michigan really tends to like in this offense in terms of getting the ball out quickly and, um, you know, just, just making – making it easy for, for quarterbacks, um, you know, like Jane Davis coming in and uh, guys that can get, get open right off the line of scrimmage. And, you know, you can find him on a quick hitter um, type of receiver. So um, I, I like him, you know, I, I like his game, you know, people, I'm sure Michigan fans would really like to see, you know, more of those big outside, you know, Nico Collins type of receivers that can get down the field. And eventually I think Michigan's going to need to uh, um, recruit, um you know, a little more heavily at, at that, at the, those type of receivers as well, uh, you know, cause yeah. you need, you need a balance in an offense that, uh, you know, you can, you can hit it down the field on, on a deep, deep ball and you can also, uh, you know, hit the slot guy as well. So, but you know, Stewart's game, I, I really like it a lot. Um, I think he's going to be a good one. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. You know, the Darius Clemens is the guy mm -hmm. that, you know, we obviously expected to be that big body receiver exactly. and haven't seen it yet. And now Michigan appears to be addressing that need in the transfer portal with a few different players they've been looking at, yep. but it's a double-edged sword, right? Darius Clemens. If, if you're a big body receiver and you know the talent and skills Clemens has, and you're not seeing him get used, it, it's kind of tough to, to sell that recruiting pitch, mm -hmm. right? If you're Michigan, I think it's real easy we talked about selling results versus selling, you know, hope or vision or whatever it might be. So in a lot of positions, Michigan sell, can sell results at wide receiver. I feel like it's still kind of, uh, Hey, we need this. We want you to be that guy, if you will. So, all right, Seth, I know we're getting up to nine 30 and I have another gentleman that I can swap you out for. So appreciate your knowledge. You, like I said, you just, I'm sure you think about this stuff in, in your <laughs> dreams, man. That's just crazy. Yeah. So thank you for all your work, this recruiting cycle. We're obviously going to keep an eye on more content coming out today with, you know, hopefully the commitment from, can you try and say the name for me since I, I already went once here? Lugard. Yes. He, yes. Well, well I wrote <laughs> down the pronunciation. Jack Pay. Jack Pay. There you go. And yeah, then, yeah, I did like Google translate thing where you like write down the, pronunciation and say yeah. it off of that. You know, and I still um, mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. So yeah, thank no. you so much for all your work, yeah. buddy. And everybody, you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, I don't have your thing up anymore because it was in your face. 
but what's yes, your Twitter it, handle? It's at it's at Barry underscore Seth. 14. All right, there we go. Seth Barry, Maze in Blue, recruiting reporter. Thank you so much, brother. You have a good one. And we will obviously, as I keep an eye on your coverage. So I'm excited to bring in my normal partner in crime. He is hobbled to say the least, been uh, <laughs> fighting, fighting some illnesses. I, I've pulled him in from the bullpen. He wasn't going to come in today. So if he's sick and disgusting, you guys just got to deal with it. But the Intel insider and publisher, of Maze and Blue Review. You cannot hold him down, Mr. Josh Hetsky. How you doing, buddy? You're on mute. We're off to a great start. Yeah, I forgot I muted myself. <laughs> um, yeah, good I'm good. Yeah, You look okay. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel okay, but... Um, yeah, no, I'm good. Good day. How many, good day. You love signing day, right? You've only done a couple of these. Yeah, not my first rodeo to say. <laughs> so Seth and I were just kind of going through... Uh, some of the signatures we have in already. Um, we did talk a little bit at the start about the the one new commit that we're we're expecting, or at least is trending positively for Michigan. We'll say um, Lugard Edakpe. Um, if if you kind of want to give me your thoughts on him, I'm really excited about him as a prospect. Uh, super long, athletic. Uh, Seth talked about how raw he is, um, but it, it's it's just not hard to see how he can fit in this defense if Michigan's able to get. Him, you've got the the trio of of Maryland edge defenders with him, Devin Baxter. Oh, oh sorry, dude. I'm You're all right, dude. You're like I said. I appreciate you doing this. I just knew if I had to try and ride solo for a little bit, it might not go up. But anyway, you, you got um, any thoughts on Lugard? Yeah, no, just a uh, yeah. I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it here. I think it's another um, another identification by you know, Mike Elston and, and staff here, a guy that uh, in a long line of, uh, I don't want to say projects, but a guy that they can project to be an effective edge rusher. Um, you know, there's, there's just so many line. I mean, you can see it with Dominic Nichols in this class too. Um, you know, you can see it in so many other guys. Um, it, it's just, yeah, the, the promise, the promise is there. Uh, you can see it in the athletic ability. Um, you know, you can see it, uh, you know, on film, uh, there's just another guy that they can mold into a, an effective pass rusher on the edge. Um, and, and, you know, I, I feel pretty good about where things stand right now heading into that. And that should be the only, uh, only bit of fireworks today. Um, and, and considering, you know, the past month or so, I think, um, you know, they'll def you'll definitely take a boring day <laughs> compared to, uh, compared to where things were a couple weeks ago for sure we were talking with uh some of our nebraska folks who obviously had a pretty eventful few days with the flip of dylan rayola and then rumors last night of another five-star prospect yeah. potentially coming over and i saw your tweet to them and i can't remember exactly what you said but you're like dude i'm good with boring <laughs> yeah. Had, yeah we've had a hectic uh football season um, we've, we've gone through most of the signatures. Another one we haven't spoken about yet. Um, I am really frustrated. We've got manual bagel, but we, we have Owen Wafel. Yeah. It's not waffle. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get over it at some point, but, um, his recruitment was obviously, I don't know what term do we want to use? Interesting. <laughs> he's committed to Notre Dame yeah. and then he's not. And there's a lot of weird rumors and smoke coming out of that. He joins Michigan rather quickly. Um, he projects kind of in that inside DT role as well. And I, I talked about with Seth, 
I felt like the true nose was maybe missing from this class until they flipped David Pally Pally over. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, okay, well, I almost call them waffle. Wafel and Pally Pally, that that's an interesting interior pair moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm not really sure. I don't really want to speculate what happened between him and Notre Dame originally, but um, you know, uh, Notre Dame's loss is Michigan's gain here. And yeah, another guy that you can see the uh, overall picture. You know, it's a guy at 6'2", 290. He's got really good size coming in. Um, and, you know, just, just a guy that you could kind of see Ben Herbert getting his hands on and molding into some, you know, athletic freak on, in the interior. So, yeah, I think him and uh, Pali Pali are really a strong duo uh, in the middle for Michigan. And, um, yeah, it's just I think the, the, the kind of the, the overall – I guess idea of this class is that, you know, there's just a lot of uh, promise, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, not necessarily finished products. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. there's no finished products coming in, but you know, I got not a guy that you immediately come in and say, okay, this is, you know, plug him in right away and he's good. You know, there's some guys that you can kind of, um, you know, ease along and, and kind of mold them into uh, some future guys, but yeah, I mean, uh, Wafel is definitely one of those one of those players that man has got a lot of uh, a lot of intrigue and, and and size, and then I think he can be an effective defensive lineman for for Michigan for sure. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to to look at what Michigan's doing from a defensive recruitment side and and not see the picture, right? 100%. I mean, they're 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 so good at identifying talent and developing talent. It doesn't matter if you're a three-star a five-star two-star, whatever. Um, you know, it's really hard to argue against what they're doing here. So um, yeah, Wafel is just another one of those guys where you're like, okay, I see what they're doing here. I see the picture. And now you're just kind of waiting for, you know, the picture to kind of, uh, you know, draw itself, so to speak uh, in, in, in the years to come for sure. You, you nailed it. I, I talked about that at the start of the show. Um, you poor guy. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we're good. I just didn't want to uh, cough on camera. No, I know. Uh, my, I am the worst human being in the world at being sick. I am such a baby. Like it's my mom was amazing when I was sick, tucking me in, making me whatever I needed, whatever. So like I get sick and I'm like, Tara, can you, and she gets so pissed. <laughs> it's just like, because she fights through any illness, right? She's a mom, so she's got superpowers. Right. But I'm like, baby, can I have some tea? And she's just like, get up. <laughs> so I appreciate you fighting through. But no, I talked about at the start that I know, you know, especially people who maybe don't follow this super closely, you look at the recruiting ranking and you kind of go, wait, what? You know, this is Michigan back to back to back, Big Ten champions. Like, why don't they have a top five class? And I think about, without completely getting off the rails and how recruiting is changing in this NIL world and the transfer portal and Michigan strategy there, just in terms of what this team does and how they've been succeeding on the field, you look at this class and it's just like offensive line, check the type of running backs, check the yeah. leader and winner at quarterback. You and I have talked about forever. The, the dive of, of Jaden Davis and the rankings and people consistently talking about at these camps well, when they run the football drills, 
<laughs> and play actual football, Jaden right. Davis is fantastic. You know, he's not nailing these, you know, shorts and t-shirt drills. And we're like, okay, I'll, I'll take that quarterback. Right. Okay. But on defense, like you said, just the type of edge rushers they're getting the versatile secondary guys that can play all over the field. And yeah, maybe projects, not the right word, but when you don't have a Will Johnson in your class, I guess that I'll ask you that question after we talk about uh, one more player, but as far as after who I get the sun out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. As far as who can contribute early, yeah, but this is a class that I think is going to develop really well. In a couple of years, people are going to hear a dude's name on the field and be like, Whoa, who is that? And go back and look at recruiting rankings and go, Oh, look, Michigan found another one. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the first guys that comes to my mind in that, round two i think he was mason curtis the first commit he was one of if not the first i think him and him and uh beagle or bagel whatever they call i can't i is it bagel or beagle i've I've gone with bagel i've already lost waffle to yeah we'll give give you beagle um uh, yeah him and (laughs) him and uh actually i think he was the first mason curtis yeah, I it was the first June of 2022. That's yeah. Be- I mean, he's yeah. It's one of the longest, if not the longest, for sure. Yeah. So, anyway, another linebacker uh, from from Tennessee. This was kind of there was a while there where we thought Michigan was going to do a lot of damage down in the state of Tennessee or fighting with the Volunteers, and mm-hmm. obviously didn't necessarily go their way a few times. But Mason Curtis is a very interesting prospect to me. He's another one of those where. I, I wonder how they're going to use him, where they're going to play him, but he's going to show up in the, in the fall once <laughs> and add who knows how much weight we're going to be like, oh, okay. Because he was pretty pretty light when he first committed as a linebacker, but, man, he is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll be curious if if he projects out to be a, a, a pure linebacker prospect, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely um, – it's pronounced Beigel. Yeah, Beigel. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Those those Germans, I tell you. Hey, can't, can't trust those Germans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. No, Curtis. I mean, yeah. You got to give credit. You always give. Got to give credit to the kids that that you know stick around the longest. Um. You know that are the the, the longest. Yeah, because when uh, they commit early, what does everybody say to us? Like, yeah, right. Oh, he well, won't be in the club. Yeah, he first. won't stick. He won't stick. Well, yeah. someone's got to be the first, right? So, <laughs> you know, it, it, eventually some of those stick. So, yeah, uh, Curtis is probably – he's one of the, I guess, unheralded recruits in this class. Hmm. I and mean, he's not going to get a lot of headlines just because he kind of – you know, he committed and kept it moving. And that's, that's pretty much – um, it's rare these days that you kind of see that. So, um, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna hear much about him, you know, just a kid that just got the work and committed and then continued to work on his game. And, um, I'll be curious to see how he factors into the linebacker room, but, um, you know, adding depth into that group is going to be interesting. I mean, especially, you know, right now, Michigan doesn't really have a, doesn't have a linebacker coach. So I'll be curious to see, um, what the, future outlook will go is going to be um you know when they kind of hire someone in um i know shadyville here mentioned if, if curtis ends up being an edge i mean it's possible he's got i mean at 6'4 205 i mean you could probably um 
yeah, I mean, the outside linebacker position in Michigan is typically, you know, an, an edge position, kind of like a like a Jalen Harrell type of role, um, or a Josiah Stewart. So, I mean, he's definitely, you know, not necessarily a pure, you know, a linebacker guy. I mean, he might not be a, you know, a lineup where Junior Colson is or, or whatever. You might kind of see him on the edge too. Uh, so, I guess it, it it kind of a obviously depends on you know where the the coaching staff sees him, but um, b where he develops physically too. I think that kind of um, you know has, plays a lot into it. Uh, I mean, he definitely has the tools to, to do both. I mean, I think, you know, in his high school, he's probably, he's more of a linebacker prospect. So I think you'll need more, uh, seasoning as an edge, but, uh, I think his, his prospects really just determine on how he gets developed and, and how he kind of, um, how Ben Herbert kind of molds him in the, in the, uh, in the weight room too. Cause I can definitely, you know, I mean, it's, it's, not necessarily. I mean, I know it's kind of, I know it's, you know, to some, it might be like, well, linebacker to edge is kind of a big jump. I mean, not, not really in Michigan's defense. I mean, when you're talking about an outside linebacker, you're really talking about a defensive end. Um, that's kind of got the physicality and athletic athleticism of a linebacker. Well, so especially the weak side edge is, is standing the vast majority of the time drops back into coverage. Right. Yeah. I get in debates all the time with people when I talk about Michigan's defensive front, when, especially when they have the three defensive tackles, whether that's a three, four and the edge players are outside linebackers, or if it's a five, two, and I'm counting those players as defensive linemen. So yeah, that you're, you're spot on there. We've run out of signatures, but just because I feel like it's, it's relevant in this conversation, the, the guy that I've really been fixed on fixated on, excuse me, another linebacker kind of in that same conversation is Cole Sullivan. Yeah. Yep. It obviously, like you said, depends on he feel, how he fills out, but I cannot stop thinking of Chase Winovich, both from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Absolutely. Linebacker tight end, the, the way they play Sullivan. Once he decides <laughs> he's going after a ball carrier yeah. and the way he tackles and the physical finisher, I mean, he looks like an edge to me. He just, he, you know, and he's, I'll put up his stuff in a little bit here. He's six, four, six, five already too. Yeah. And yeah. only 200 pounds. So again, it'll depend on the weight gain when he was recruited by Partridge as well. And they told him they love him as a Mike linebacker. Yeah. Which when you think about is junior Colson's obviously great, but we've talked about, he's more of an off ball linebacker than a true Mike. If, mm-hmm. if Cole Sullivan with his speed and his pursuit can turn into a Mike linebacker. I think that'd be great too, but I also think they just don't care. Right. It's yeah. just like, see what happens. But what, what do you think of with Cole Sullivan and his potential role development? Yeah. No, you and I are definitely on the same page with, with player comp for sure. I mean, I think you and I discussed it as soon as he committed, you know, this is, this is a chase Winovich type of guy. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. You know, they just, their, their, their attitudes are different in, in Pittsburgh. It's, it's like, a, it's like a physical, it's like a physical town. I mean, they, you know, obviously with the Steelers and everything else, you know, that, that, that steel resolution or resolution and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It's just it's a, funny it's, though, because there's not so much industry anymore. I don't know if you've been to Pittsburgh recently, but it's like a really gorgeous downtown now. I haven't been honestly. Oh, I dude. I need to go P- PNC park. Anybody here, baseball fan, whatever PNC park needs to be a bucket list. That yeah. is the most gorgeous 
ballpark, this, you know, revolution that kind of started with the Orioles and Camden Yards and moving downtown into like the vintage style. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's small, it's intimate. The view of the bridge and the back, it's gorgeous. But yeah, Pittsburgh's this like really nice town. But yeah, that that hard work, the blue collar mentality, that that's definitely built into their fiber there. Yeah, uh, and it's built into Michigan's being too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see why Harbaugh would like a guy like this, um, you know, 6'3", 200. I mean, you can, you can, you know, the last three guys have been what, 6'2", the last guy, three guys we've talked about, like 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". You, you start know, getting the old line too. I mean, this is a big from yeah. a height standpoint, this is a big team. And this is Michigan's bread and butter. You know, this yeah. has been this has been what has made this is what has made Michigan so successful these last couple of years is just physicality, size, you know, mass. The the you know, a guy like again, Cole Sullivan, 6'3", as as an outside line outside linebacker. Yeah, he could be uh playing at the mic, but he also could be a, an, an edge prospect. It's one of those um, I don't necessarily want to call him an athlete because I think he's more of a defined linebacker right now, but I know that he'd be open to the switch to, to defensive end. If that, if that's what was needed. I mean, I think he is a little, um, he needs to put on some more size and, and the same argument would go for Mason Curtis too. I mean, he's not a, they're both not plug and play guys on the edge right now, because I think, you know, you're talking about Jalen Harrell is, is what, like, 220 230 right now maybe a little more i think i'm not, I'm not sure exactly what his what his weight is so i mean there is a uh a considerable amount of time to put on some mass but um yeah i mean again you can look at all these guys and you can see the blueprint of what michigan wants from these guys both from a size and athletic standpoint and you know the film speaks for itself. There was a reason why these schools like Notre Dame and, and all the rest of them exactly. wanted these guys so bad, especially, uh, especially Sullivan. So um, another kid I really like, I think he's one of my, one of my sleepers in the class who I think will be really productive at Michigan. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's obvious to see why you can, uh, you can, you can see why there's a comparison to Chase Winovich there. I mean, it's, it's it's just obvious. I mean, the physicality, uh, both you know, similar styles of play. That that motor that that just does not stop um, is 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 evident in just watching the tape. So um, yeah, I mean, the blueprint continues. I mean, they're not straying far from what's got them to where they are now. So um, at this point, you know, when you lose players like they're going to after this year you have to replace them. And, you know, this is a good, this class is a good step in, in getting that replacement, you know, and getting that, you know, keeping that sustaining that winning, uh, that winning record for sure. The, the sustaining, I, I think that's it. It's just, again, you just, you connect the dots to a lot of these guys and, and how they fit and how they match what Michigan is already doing. So a couple more comments uh, in the thread about Pittsburgh. So, yeah low-key one of the best cities and then john said his sister lived near the park uh yeah it is it's seriously i've been to a lot of mlb parks i've been to like the fedways and wrigley which both have been updated and they've done a great job um but largely they're dumps man <laughs> those are old old stadiums you know so yeah. so it's so about pnc gives you the vibe but also new so um well since you're basically dying here well, we'll i want to address this real quick though i was gonna say i was gonna get to the question no, you're gonna we'll, get to it 
Well, if you've got your eye on one, go ahead. I was going to say, let's answer a few questions. Yes. I wanted to get to this. Um, Mark, I'm not, not necessarily calling you out or anything, but you know, I don't care if Ohio state gets a lot of five stars, you know, a lot of what were those, what did those five stars losing a lot of five stars? Yeah. They're lo- They're going to lose Edric Houston to Alabama five star, you know, and those, and those five stars are, you know, they're, they're, they're number one, five star Marvin Harrison, Jr. Law is, as it hasn't beaten Michigan, hasn't won a big 10 title. So who cares at this point? You know, it, you can land all the five stars if you want, you want, but if you aren't winning the games that matter, who cares? You know, you're just, you're just a feeder program at this point to the NFL. I mean, if you aren't developing these guys and just kind of easing them on to the NFL, I mean, okay, that's great. Fine and dandy. But if you aren't winning anything with them, what's the point? I mean, eventually if it's going to catch up. Honest, if we're being honest, it reminds me of Harbaugh's first 2016, 17, 18, that wave, those top classes, right? It was like, did Rashawn Gary ever really feel like he got to his full potential? No. Did Donovan People Jones ever really feel like he got to his full potential? Dax Hill in the last year after the defense switched, it was like, oh, okay, here we go. Right. But it was just getting this talent like John brought up in his thread there. JTT, Jack Sawyer were supposed to be the next amazing edge players. They didn't do anything more than Jalen Harrell or Braden McGregor did. Right. Right. But more specifically, Ohio State this year went into a desperation mode of sorts (laughs) this summer. Right. Especially when it came to three guys that Michigan was interested in as well. Aaron Scott, Bryce West, and then Justin Scott, Michigan got in really late. Right. But mm-hmm. felt good about, obviously I kind of feel like Michigan maybe swung for the fences a year too early when it comes to Scott and West and those guys being Ohio kids and trying to get them out. We'll talk yeah. about an Ohio kid Michigan did get, but anyway, they came in and kind of reversed their NIL strategy. They had been kind of pay for play early on and they were doing things more the Michigan way. And then they decided to go out there, NIL, NIL, NIL. And the way these collectives work is they basically make the offers first and then try to go get the money, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is when it's time for the checks to come in, maybe the offers get revised a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. We've already seen Justin Scott end up at Miami with money in the graphic. Yeah, yeah. Just hilarious to me, right? One of their running backs, was it Jordan Lyle? I, can, I feel like I got to flip. One of their top running backs flipped out. You brought up Houston, probably flipping to Alabama today. They're still not sure if they're going to get Jeremiah Smith, the number one player, number one wide receiver that he might flip as well, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not trying to I, – I, I never want to knock a player for caring about NIL. I, I think that's not the right angle. But when that's all you care about, yeah, those players, it's tough to get them to sign. It's tough to get them to not hit the transfer portal immediately in the next year. We're already seeing that with Texas A&M and Georgia and these classes where mass exoduses of five and four stars. Not saying you don't go get five stars. You get the ones that fit. Will Johnson, right? Donovan Edwards, J.J. McCarthy. Um, I know they weren't true five stars, but whatever. So... I, I just I don't have a problem with what Michigan's doing as long as Ohio State continues to chase stars and not fits and build the culture that they want to have to be able to beat Michigan. Like you said, I'm just not concerned. And it, and I think about again all the signatures are in. So we'll talk about um, a couple of guys that I think 
could make an impact as freshmen or just some of the top of this class, if you will. And I'll, I'll get your thoughts on, but in realm of this Ohio conversation, Jordan Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ohio, you've, you've been down, you've talked to him. Uh, again, I, I hate connecting dots. I'm not trying to put crazy expectations on somebody, but if you don't see Blake Corum, when you watch this dude's tape, yeah, <laughs> like, and again, just from a character standpoint, leadership, work ethic, et cetera, you know, Marshall better than I do, but getting Mr. Ohio boom, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a big recruiting win as it is, but from a fit standpoint, man, Jordan Marshall is it dude. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, you can, you can really, yeah. I mean, you can see Blake Horm in, in Jordan Marshall for sure. Not just um, a physical standpoint, but uh, the dude lives in the gym. I mean, he lives in the gym. Um, and you know, that was something that was really, that was Blake Corm's calling card, uh, early on. Well, still is obviously, but early on was the, you know, you can't get him out of the gym and, you know, Michigan had to tell him to, to stop working out so much. He <laughs> just would not stop working out. But, um, you know, I see a very similar type of, of deal with Jordan Marshall and, and, and who knows, you know, he might be walking into a situation where, you know, if, if he's good enough, he could play right away and and running back is one of those positions where you can you know be slotted in as a as a true freshman and and you're not going to be like oh wow he's he's playing right away I mean it's one of those positions where it can it can happen I mean you know offensive line and defensive line coming in as a true freshman and playing right away is more um on the rare side and more of the um I don't want to say impressive because that downplays the, you know, anyone else who plays as a true freshman, you obviously you're, you're impressive, but um, yeah, I, I think Jordan Marshall's walking into a situation where uh, I would not at all be surprised if he uh, comes in and plays early. I mean, he's physical back, uh, you know, six foot, 200 pounds, a little, a little bigger, or, excuse me, a little taller than, than, than Blake Corum, but um runs hard um Good I mean, vision. yeah i mean moeller yeah. basically ran him into the ground this year i mean he was <laughs> i mean they relied on him a lot and, and rightfully so i mean the kid is the kid is as talented as they come and to get a guy like that you know the, the number the number one player in ohio and just and just pluck him as early as they did and and to hold on to him without any issues and any drama um, you know, credit to the staff and, um, you know, credit to the kid too, for, for sticking with it and, and, you know, looking, looking down the, uh, Ohio influence and, and kind of, you know, turning and turning, uh, his back to it. So, um, yeah, depending on, you know, where a couple of pieces fall, uh, especially with, with Donovan Edwards and, and yeah. what he plans to do after the year. I mean, he's walking into a situation that, um, is extremely, extremely favorable for him. In my opinion, um, I would not at all. I mean, it, unfortunately it would be the best case scenario for him would be to be an early enrollee, but unfortunately they, the, his high school program can't allow him to be an early enrollee. So, you know, he'll have to come in in the summer. So, um, you know, I, I would say the best case scenario for him would have been an early enrollee and you could pretty much, I wouldn't say guarantee it that he'd play early, but, um, you know, he's got to get caught up a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you can, the, the promise that he brings, I mean, I would not be surprised if he was the, 
overall gem in this class, the most successful player in this class. Um, another one that all the fans love. I, he's a, he's a big community guy. I know. I remember, um, I remember when, when I went down to Cincinnati to see him, he was, uh, I think like, like a day or two after he was planning a kid's camp, uh, at, at his high school. So, you know, it's just, uh, that, that type of, uh, giving back to the community. I think you'll see a lot from that, a lot of that from him too. So, um, yeah, just a good, great kid, great kid, great kid, great family. Um, I think Michigan fans are really going to love him, uh, by the time he's, he's gone. Um, by the time he's come through and, and does what he does for the program for sure. Yeah. You, you talk about, you know, baton passing almost, if you will. Right. That was the, the big question after 2021 yeah. and this resurgence, this refreshment, whatever you want to call it of the culture at Michigan. And then Hutchinson leaves, Hassan Haskin leaves, Ross leaves, Kate McNamara loses a starting job. And it was like, are, are they going to be able to maintain this? You used the word sustain earlier. And they have, and now it's these guys handing off to the next class. And you, you see these dudes who I'm with you, like I said, can kind of carry that thread, not just on the field success, but also the off the field stuff and the, the leadership. Right. Um, we'll do, do a few more minutes. I, I saw Devin Baxter signature just came in. So he, he's an edge rusher. One of those potential trio of Maryland edge rushers. Um, I wanted to talk about the, the last two things before we take off, kind of in the vein of what we just talked about with Marshall and then what I think is the collective prize of this class. Um, mm -hmm. you, you've had some strong opinions. I've mentioned them already, and, and that's the main target of this class for a long time, quarterback Jaden Davis. Yep. Um, that was Michigan's guy for a long time that they had keyed in on. And, you know, we were basically from the barbecue on right all the way into spring the following year, constantly talking about Jane Davis's process, when he's going to commit, what's going on. Right. And then it was like, as soon as they got him, everybody flipped to trash in the kid. Mm -hmm. Now I'm here to tell you, he does have some little mechanics issues. I talked about in my cutups issue. He takes a really long pull back and forward, right? Little things with his footwork, right? Yeah. He is not a five-star start day one freshman. No. I don't think any quarterback really is. We've seen what happens with these guys that get thrown to the wolves right away. Right. It takes a very, very, very specific player to do that. Anyway, that being said, I brought it up earlier. The guy wins state championships. He, yeah. He can be given a task to improve and do it immediately. His completion percentage as a sophomore was like 50-something percent up to 70-something percent by his junior year. People said he wasn't playing difficult enough competition. He goes to Providence Day, plays tougher competition, wins state championships, right? Um, again, not trying to be unfair connecting dots, but when I think about if you just listen to Jaden Davis talk, if you listen to his family – right? The character, the leadership, and just whatever intangible thing it is to be built to be a winner. You, you see it with Jaden Davis. Now, I don't know what he's going to be coming in. Obviously, Michigan's recruiting <laughs> other quarterbacks, right? They have Carter yeah. Smith. They're still going after Bryce Underwood. I'm not here to proclaim Jaden Davis is the next McCarthy, any of that. But his just the way he's been talked about in this recruitment has been bizarre to me. 
I, yeah. I don't know if I've ever really seen anything like it. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, you know, I I just yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it is it is what it is. I think the way some of us talk about high school kids is is weird. You know, I still think even though I cover it, the whole covering you know teenage kids is just weird to begin with but you know it's the necessary evil of this business but um yeah i mean the, the kid the kid wins he's a winner you know I, I, we've we've talked about this um multiple times throughout the, the the months that he's been committed you know I, I don't care what he looks like with shorts on and you know i, I don't care uh, you know, what the, what, a what elite 11 results are. What I care about is that he wins, he wins football games, he wins state titles and, you know, QB wins aren't exactly a, a measurable st uh, statistic, but it's something to consider. You know, he's not going to be a four star, uh, top 100 guy. If he loses every game he plays, I mean, he's not going to be, um, some guy that all of these high school or excuse me, all these programs wanted the Ohio States wanted the, the, whoever wanted him. Um, if he, you know, if, if he's losing all the time, you know, if he plays for a, a bad program, so um, he's a winner and that's what Harbaugh likes. I got a competitor, a winner, and that's all he's done ever since, you know, his whole high school career is he's won. So that's that's what matters to me is what a kid looks like in crunch time, in state championships, all that stuff. Um, and and he's proven that he's a winner. Yeah, he's not going to come in right away and and beat out JJ McCarthy. I mean, no, it's it that's not going to happen. I mean, the be again best case scenario for him is that JJ comes back, he gets a year mm -hmm. to develop. And then you go from there and, and, and see what happens. And, and yeah, the, the, the stuff that's wrong with him is not, um, not something that you can't coach out of a kid. Well, I mean, there was, every there kid, was similar things said about JJ McCarthy as well. Right. Every kid has bad habits that you have to break. I mean, unless you're taking a kid who's never played the game of football before, you're going to have bad habits that you have to break bad technique that they've relied on that worked, but now won't work because, you know, everyone else is more physical than you. Um, but yeah, as a quarterback, there's, you know, you, you're going to have some bad habits that, that you're going to have to get coached out of you. No one has perfect form. No one has the perfect game. Um, you know, you, that, that's why you go to college to be coached. You know, and, you know, some people get developed, you know, that's, I know that's kind of a rare, uh, you know, some, some crazy thing I just said, but yeah, you get developed, uh, at, at certain programs and, and that's exactly what, uh, Jaden Davis is going to do when he arrives on campus, he's going to get developed and, you know, we'll, we'll see what he, um, ends up doing. And, and, you know, if, if he can take care of the football and, show that he can lead an offense he's going to be a successful quarterback at michigan because that's what makes jj so good i mean obviously there's a lot more to jj than just taking care of the football and showing that he can lead the offense but the main two thing the biggest things is as a quarterback to be successful that 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 jim harbaugh wants 
is do you not turn the ball over and can you effectively lead an offense to to score points and he and jj marks those you know tick tick big boom done so you know davis can can he's capable of doing the same thing so um you know we'll we'll see what this next year brings i mean i think what jj does um i don't think has a big standing on whether he will um the what his projected i guess place on the depth chart is next year i mean it might yeah. but um i was I just i just like the idea of him learning from jj for yeah, a year no a year learning. under a year under jj would be the the best case scenario for him and um yeah i mean that's we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes and I know there's a comment here saying, don't want Davis. Well, too bad. You're going to get him. So <laughs> um, we can say about that. Someone also asked when he's going to sign. He hasn't set a specific time. I know um, he has an event where he's being honored for the All-American Bowl tonight at like 8. So I don't know if he would wait. Well, he's but, an early enrollee too. So yeah, I mean, yeah, he's already enrolled. And yeah, so yeah. as far as concern about that there, there, do you? I don't have it in front of me what the early enrollee list was. Uh, I know you're sick if you're trying to pull that off your brain, but it was, uh, hold on. I had it. I had it here just a second ago. All right. I'll let you look that up. And then, um, the, the last thing I wanted to touch on here, is, I got it. Okay, go ahead. So on offense, it's Jaden Davis, Blake Frazier, Jay Guarnera, Andrew Sprague, Brady Prescorn. And on defense, Dominic Nichols, Jeremiah Beasley and Jacob Oden. Okay. And so all eight of those guys should be with the team for Rose Bowl practices too. So um, it's so good. I mean, it's good. It's great for these guys. I mean, you get those extra practices that you wouldn't necessarily get. Um, you know, I mean, it, it it's not going to be the ultimate difference maker for these guys' career. But anytime you can get a head start on a kid that – you wouldn't necessarily be able to get before. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing. So, um, you know, most of these guys you won't be able to get hands on with if you're a coach uh, until the spring, because you can't really coach guys during the off season unless you're in the specific period. So um, yeah, and the earlier you can kind of get working on these guys, the better. So yeah, well, I think it's just great for those, all eight of them. And, and it doesn't necessarily always translate to the season, like you said, but I'm thinking of two guys right now, last year, early enrollees, Samaj Morgan and yep. Benjamin Hall. Yep. Now, now Hall, like I said, dealt with some injuries and ended up just becoming a red shirt. But he came in and did not have a great bowl practice. Right? He was there at the bowl practices. Yeah. And he was coming off of a, a high school finish where – there's a lot of rumors and talk about him because he had kind of moved to this like third running back role and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, didn't look great in some of the bowl practices and then shows up in spring. Like, I think that was almost like a learning lesson, lesson, if you will, for him. But he showed up in spring in phenomenal shape, was mm -hmm. the star of spring camp in the spring game and was in position to be a contributor as a running back this year. Like, so I think injuries kind of derailed everything, but that's fine. Yeah. And then somehow Morgan. Obviously, is the 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 rookie of the year, if you will, the star freshman. Right. The, him and um, Fred Moore were early, and then uh, Carmelo English came late. Moore got on the field a little bit as well, but like Samaj, that head start 
he's arguably wide receiver three right now, right? So it doesn't necessarily guarantee it, but yeah, it's it's not going to hurt. And yeah, what a cool experience too. You know, like uh, Shadyville brought up, some of these guys are going to get to go to the Rose Bowl semifinal, arguably the 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 first or last version of this. Like it's going to be so different moving to expansion. So um, let's talk about, like I said, the what I think is the, the prize of this class. You mentioned a couple of the guys, and it's the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, <laughs> obviously, offensive line has been essential <laughs> to Michigan's success in the last few years, back-to-back Joe Moore awards. This year, it's like, oh, it's disappointing that they're arguably only a top 10 offensive line and not the best offensive right. line in the country. Um, but when I look at this group, a few things stick out to me. Uh, number one, 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 6'6", right? 290, 320, 290, <laughs> right? Big boys already. Ohio, Ohio, Missouri, Texas, Florida, right? Two Ohio kids. Uh, Blake Frazier's from Austin, Texas, obviously a legacy. His father, Steve, was on the 97 national championship team. Um, but I can literally go and tell you right now, Andrew Sprague, left tackle. Um, he's up there with Marshall in my mind is who's going to end up being the best player in this class. Yeah. I, I think Sprague is, when I think about, again, connecting dots, high expectations, probably not fair to put on him. But when I think about the number 77, and, and some of the elite left tackles Michigan has had. Sprague is the, the best one of those prospects I think we've seen in a while. Luke Hamilton, here's your left guard, right? Jake G, there's your center. Blake Frazier, I've brought this up again. Here's another dot connection, unfair expectations. I'm talking about ceilings with these guys. I'm not saying mm-hmm. this is what they're going to be. But again, when I watch the tape with Blake Frazier, I see Zach Zinter. I think he's an athletic. Right now he's playing right tackle. I think he's athletic. He'd be a great fit at right guard. And then you've got Ben Roebuck, 6'7", 320, yeah. standing at right tackle. That's it right there. Boom. Left to right, these five guys, a couple of them are probably going to have an opportunity to compete as sophomores. By junior year, we could literally see all five of them <laughs> across the line. Um, this was Michigan finding the guys they wanted, taking the commits, building a cohesive. We've been hearing about this blue wall they've been trying to build since Harbaugh got here. Just mm-hmm. this cohesive offensive line unit. Arguably, better prospects came along. We talked about you know whether this team was in position to accept Bennett Warren, <laughs> right? Like that's that's how they felt about this group. Rankings aside, um, yeah. I, sorry, I've, I've rambled on this, but I, I just think this is. We talked about, I don't remember if you were here when I talked or if this was before you came on when I talked with Seth about just how tight knit this group is as a class. Yeah. And how they've kind of recruited each other, just how they've communicated with each other. The offensive line has almost been like a group within the group. Right. I mean, it's just what a locked in set of dudes. And I, I, I just think individually, you know, Jeremiah Beasley could be a real game changer. We've talked about Davis and Jordan Marshall, and I like Cole Sullivan's potential on the edge. There's a lot of these guys, but just at the end of the day, I think the offensive line, these five guys might be the story of this class years from now. Yeah, no, I think the the chemistry is the big thing on this one. Um, you know, the, the, the whole class too, not just necessarily these five 100%. guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need chemistry more than – on the lines, um, both, both ways, you know, you need to know what, 
excuse me, you need to know what, what each guy is doing up and down the line. You need to know what each guy whose responsibility it is and, and, you know, to take care of each other. And that goes both offense and defense. So having that built in uh, chemistry already with these five guys is, is huge. And, you know, they're coming into, they're coming in great size. It's not like, you know, they, they're, they're coming in way undersized. I mean, just needs to add a little weight, which, you know, shouldn't be a problem for offensive linemen at all. Um, yeah. I mean, again, you can see it. The six, 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 seven, six, eight, six, 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 four monsters. I mean, yeah. Big dudes do and, and dudes that will, they're not afraid to smash your face in too. And that's exactly what, what Sharon Moore loves. And, and that's, that's his bread and butter. So yeah, I would not be shocked one bit to see this group play as a five, you know, a five man group here before it's all said and done. Um, you know, they're, they're again, they're heading into a, a, a room that's filled with talent from top to bottom. So, you know, w- when that happens, I don't know, but, um, you know, that'll be up to them to kind of decide when they're going to play. I mean, you know, I think, uh, I think Jake Ornera is a little underrated the, from where he is right now from a, from a three-star guy mm-hmm. I mean, just now kind of, this, this, it's this, tough this, to get highly rated as a center. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that, that's a big thing with Michigan's class in general, right? When you're not going out and getting five-star skill players at wide receiver, right, and you're focusing on interior offensive linemen and, and linebackers that are currently kind of hybrid and we don't know where they're going to fit, that's yeah. going to affect your recruiting rankings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. And and Guarnera is still pretty much new to the position. This is his first year playing Moving full-time in. center for his high school. So. Um, a lot to learn there, but you know, if you're, you want to learn how to play the offensive line position, you're coming to the right place. So, um, again, the, the whole, I feel like I'm repeating myself and using the we same are. point over and over again, <laughs> but I mean, it, it go, I mean, it just shows what this, this class is. Mm-hmm. It's that you can see the picture, you can see the promise, you can see the blueprint. Um, and now it's up for the staff to develop that. But I mean, you just have to look at the measurables and say, okay, yeah, you can, you can definitely, definitely see it. You can, um, you can get where they're going with this. So, um, and, and, and no, there's no better, no better example of that than the offensive line, um, and, and the commits they picked up in that class. So, um, yeah, and they, they weren't really talked about much because they, you know, they landed them quickly, real in quick succession, and and that was it. And but you know, you know, Roebuck has the has the goods to be really good. Sprague, one of the best. I mean, even Blake Frazier too. A, uh, a you know, a um, I, I can't even remember. A legacy. There we go. There's the word. He's a legacy recruit, so he knows this is his dream. You know, this was he knows. You know, his dad's been through it. You know, he, he knows how to, his dad was a good player himself. So, um, blocked for, lot blocked for some quarterback named Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, no big deal, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot to like, there's a lot to like with this class and, and people are going to be obsessed with rankings and things like that. And people are going to be like, Oh, wow. You know, Michigan is a, you know, what is Michigan's rank right now? I know it's been 12. fluctuating because of uh, other commits and I think I saw 12, but elsewhere. yeah, 12. Okay. That's pretty, that's not bad. That's about right it's, where it's what they've been doing the last few years. Right. That's right where they, they have been in the past couple of years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, would you like a top 
five class. Yeah, sure. I mean, but we've seen what Michigan has done with a top five class before. Uh, not much, <laughs> um, you know, not much recently. So someone said something in the comments. We talked about it a little bit earlier with uh, Marion Stewart signing on. It, I think that's the one spot where recruiting wise, we, we know, you know, Darius Clemens hasn't really made an impact yet. Michigan's looking at a couple of guys in the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, we, we thought maybe a couple other dudes would take a step this year. And it, you know, that, I think that's a spot where Michigan's style of play and, and recruiting, where it's like hmm, there, there might be need and a, a need to address there, right? There's a lot of really talented receivers on the team already, and coming in, I just mentioned Stewart. They're also similar, right? In terms of height, size, athletic ability, you know, lining up in the slaughters, a Z guy that's going to get on the field in special teams, or whatever. So that's the one where I see some people, you know, maybe criticize a little bit, and they go, "Yeah, I kind of get it," you know, but it's. They'll have to prove it first, right? Intentionally, you know. But yeah, back back to the offensive line. I'm with you. So much of it is timing, right? You, you look mm -hmm. at a guy like Giovanni Elhadi, who could easily be starting the last two years, yeah. you know, starting on probably any other roster in all of college football. <laughs> but Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter both come back last year, and you know he'll obviously start. So a lot of it's gonna be timing for these guys. But Sprague's definitely. I mean, I don't think anybody thought Mason Cole was going to start as a freshman, yeah. right? And I don't, I don't expect any of these guys to start as freshmen. Maybe they'll play early in the two deep. But I, I think Sprague's a guy I could see as a sophomore pushing at, at left tackle. I, I think Roebuck too is another tackle I could see pushing. Um, and and Frazier, you see it with his frame. Once he adds a little bit of weight, I, I think he's just going to be a monster again at right guard is where I think he's going. But. Um, mm -hmm. It's a deep room. They've got time to refine those guys, if you will. So yeah. um, I don't know. Is there any – did I miss a, a signature there? Um, Devin Baxter was in. I don't okay. know. We kind of we touched on him a little bit. But, yeah, no, Michigan's doing us no favors because they have zero coverage <laughs> on signing day. They're just, like, retweeting every now yeah, and then. It's, like yeah. the, it's the only college program that's not – doing any coverage for signing day i don't know what's going on there that's weird they're only retweeting stuff so i don't know whatever but anyway well I, we are i'm only saying that for selfish reasons because i want to know i want to know without having to put any effort in and look <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we, we are running a couple active live blogs and threads today so you know over at michigan.rivals.com we have our signing day hub where we are, as soon as a player signs, we are putting in their tweet or social media announcement that they signed, and then just kind of a quick recap of what their recruitment was like and, and their outlook and how we think their development and role will play out here at Michigan. We're plugging those in as the signatures come in. We also have a live thread over at The Den where Josh is doing a lot of what he's doing now and answering questions and you know posting intel and things as it comes in there so you can hang out with us amazing blue review over at michigan.rivals.com and then follow along as signing day unfolds and then of course we're gonna hope to have uh now that josh is getting closer to living <laughs> we'll have a, a hail to the podcast episode soon um maybe tonight maybe tomorrow we'll see how we feel by the end of the day but um recapping signing day like i said we're not expecting any fireworks other than lugard and you know hopefully joining 
the amazing blue today with a commitment and then um gatlin bear we expect to, to push out till february so make sure again you're over at michigan.rivals.com following there if you're watching us live right now like subscribe and do the notification bell so you know when we go live with shows like this dennis with afternoon live during the day and then of course like i said hail to the podcast when those goes live we'll have more coverage there as well make sure you're following us on twitter as well we've got them up on the screen at Trevor McHugh, at Josh Henschke. You know, we'll be tweeting all day as well as the news starts to come in. Um, Josh, before we go, um, I know we've, we've kind of talked big picture. Like you said, it's, it's easy to repeat yourself mm-hmm. with the, the theme. Of I do have box. a quick announcement, though. That's, yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, the, the thread is just consistent through this class. So yeah. do you have anything to add before we go? I do. Stick around at 1030 because Dennis Fithian will be interviewing Owen Wafel at 1030 awesome. to discuss his signing. Um, we're hoping to get more um, discussions with, with more players throughout the day. And uh, uh, Dennis will go live throughout the day as, as needed, but 1030 uh, nine minutes, he will be live with Owen Wafel to discuss his signing and, um, and things of that nature should be fun. Always appreciate Dennis. I always like this time of the year because he always gets kids to, Get, go on live and i know last year uh i can't remember i forgot who it was i think it was dj waller said some good stuff last year to mm-hmm. him too so he always gets he always gets the goods so um yeah stick around for that and uh look out for our channels throughout the day i mean we may it may randomly pop up that he gets a uh he gets an interview and so we may not necessarily announce it beforehand like we did wayful yeah. but uh keep a, keep eye locked on our channels uh just in case we get any more interviews throughout the day. Yep. And again, notification bell, you know, and you'll know anytime we go live, if Dennis is able to uh, snag another interview of sorts. So uh, I've seen a lot of folks here been with us throughout the morning, uh, bright and early on signing day. Appreciate you guys uh, asking questions, contributing to the conversation over there as we've gone through some of the signatures that have come in again, the conversation is going to continue over at michigan.rivals.com. If you're not signed up already, now is the time. Uh, Obviously, all of the intel on signing day. And uh, Josh has an interesting nugget on Jim Harbaugh, the contract situation in a meeting that occurred yesterday. Um, And then, obviously, the Rose Bowl against Alabama coming up and where we're really starting to get into that and some of our premium content, game preview, et cetera. So, as always, thank you for joining us here on the Amazing Blue Review YouTube channel. We appreciate you being a part of our community over at michigan.rivals.com, and we will see you all soon here with Amazing Blue Review.